This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Hey guys, welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. This is Coach John here, and you're about to listen to part two of our conversation about why your current training style is not producing the fat loss results that you require, okay? So if you haven't listened to part one, go back. Last week we released part one. Go back, please listen to that so you can get the first two tips. And now we're going to finish it up this week with the remaining reasons you can't cut the fat on your training style. So here we go. All right, guys. So we talked about compound movements a lot. I want to move on. That was tip number three. That was number two on the on the list today. So we're going to go into number three. I wanted to give you guys some stuff that maybe you haven't been told. So here's number three today. You're not eating enough. That's right. To burn your fat, you're not eating enough. Is that crazy? Yes, probably. But let's talk about what I mean by that. And what I mean by that is guys that are you're starving yourself so much that what you are doing in the gym it's garbage. It's, you're not fueling your performance. You're not eating enough of the good stuff, okay, of the things that are going to help you perform. Well, and yeah. just emphasize on the other tip we had, you know, we had progressive overload. So yes. you're supposed to be adding weight to the bar. Right, right, right. If you're not eating enough, you're yeah. not going to be able to add weight to the bar. It's not going to happen. So it's, you're not going to be it, able to do it. That, that, that's one way to tell if you're not, you know, if you're not getting stronger and yep. you're doing that right, then you're definitely not You're not enough. fueling your performance enough. I know that it sounds, you know, counter to anything you've heard about losing fat. You know, you need to eat less to lose fat, right? You know, yes and no. But let, so let's talk about it a little bit more, okay? So... You need to consume less calories than you burn to be in a deficit to produce a weight cut, okay? If that's all we're doing is talking about weighing less on the scale, that's all you got to do. You got to eat less calories than you burn. If that's your only goal, I want to weigh less. We're not talking about how you look. I'm just talking about how you weigh. But if you aren't eating enough of the good stuff that fuels your body, then your training is probably lackluster, and that's why it isn't producing the results that you want. You have to eat in accordance to your training. All right, you can't expect to perform, you know, and peak in the gym if you are trying to be in a caloric deficit 75% of the year. So many guys are just like, they're so, it's like, I'm always, I always have to be cutting. I'm cutting, I'm cutting, cutting. I'm always just eating less and trying to work harder. And they, they, I mean, just think about that, guys. I can't decide, you know what, I'm not going to put any gas in my car today, but I want it to drive faster. Like, it doesn't work that way, okay? You have to fuel your performance appropriately to achieve the training that you need to do to produce the results that you want, okay? So, I mean, let's just, uh, like, aside from all that, think about things like, like, so training creates inflammation, right? I'm burn, I'm, I'm, when I'm lifting weights, my body's, you know, getting inflamed and whatnot, joints and tendons are working, muscles are working, and then, Diets, you know, um, excessively for long periods of time lead to this inflammation getting even worse. So all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot when you do these things. You're not able to recover, right? You want that inflammation to then turn into muscle growth. That's what we want to happen. I don't want it to turn into chronic joint pain and tendon pain over time. So chronic inflammation can affect things starting with even, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a downward slope, guys, because then now you can't sleep, right? You can't sleep. 
your digestion, your hormone is garbage. Uh, you know, you got cortisol, which is a stress hormone flying like crazy because you're not fueling yourself. And now John's telling you to sprint, right? So I'm sprinting and I'm not eating. So that's why this tip is so important for me, guys. That's why number three is you need to be eating more. But remember, you need to be eating more of the stuff that helps fuel your performance. So you need to be eating some good complex carbohydrates and things that are going to fuel your actual performance. You're not just eating garbage and sugar. You need to be eating some good healthy proteins, getting that muscle growth that you need and all that good stuff. You need to be eating some fats, some healthy fats that are going to help distribute all the vitamins and nutrients that you get from all your other food to everywhere it needs to go in your body. That way, the things you're doing in the gym go to the part of your body that they need them to go to, okay? So your performance actually is being, you, you can see it visibly in the mirror. You'll be able to see your hard work translate onto your body. And I think there's a lot of confusion sometimes uh -huh. with guys because, you know, they need to be strong, they need to be yes. athletic, and they need to be lean. Right, right, right. And everyone starts at a different point. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe one guy needs to lose fat, but he doesn't want to sacrifice strength because he's strong, but he, yes. he has too much fat. Sure. Or one guy is uh, needs strength, but he... Um, still needs to be able to eat enough but doesn't want to get fat. Right, so right, right, right. you're trying to find this balance in between Absolutely. everything. So the nutrition's important. I think we'll probably do another podcast oh, without and, a doubt. and hit that yeah, really yeah. hard. Without a doubt. But I have one tip that I like to give my guys when they're yeah. doing this. So if you're say if you're a, a bigger guy and you're wanting to get lean, mm -hmm. then for the fat loss, you, you always start guys with fat loss. If they're over twenty percent body fat, uh -huh. they have to do fat loss first. So all we're focused on is maintaining strength okay. and losing the fat first. Once they get to 20 or under, right. then we can start, because they have to be in that calorie deficit, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. And, and sometimes that, that's difficult when they're trained hard. So if they're at 20 or below, mm -hmm. then we can start increasing more and it's easier to stay lean right. because we can add 500 calories here and then right, another right, right. 250 and then they'll build muscle and not gain fat. It's a slower way to build muscle sometimes. Sure because you're, you're just barely eating what you need to build the muscle, but right. it keeps you lean yeah. and it builds muscle at the same time, which is hard to do. It's, so, it's, but it, it, you know, doing it slow is the way to do it though. Yeah. Because that way you can maintain right. it. Right, it's easier right. to maintain and then, and then it's not this struggle of like crash dieting right. and coming back and crash yes. dieting. And if you're a smaller guy, then you can just, you know, you say you're at 15%, mm -hmm. you say, man, well, I can wait until I can eat and then if my body fat starts creeping up to 18, then I just cut back a few calories, right? right? right and keep right. the fat where it is. So, you know, you gotta eat enough to fuel the performance, but yes. not enough to um, uh, prevent you from losing the fat. But to me, that standard of like 20% is that's a good it, that's a good number to shoot for too yeah just right, based on it, like personal results and yeah, stuff. yeah most guys at 20 percent you may be able to see a little bit of abs mm -hmm. the way you're built and definitely mm -hmm. underneath that you know i i set pretty good at 15 percent for sure I, I like to stay um and if i get around 18 19 i know i need to cut back a little bit right but i got to cut back just enough not to hurt my performance but right. still be able to burn the fat that i'm needing and so. and it's it's small subtle adjustments like that that work the best so like mm -hmm. like he said like 500 calories here like, like it, on whatever side of that scale you're on, if you're needing to eat more, then it's 500 more. If you're needing to eat less, if you're on the other side of that scale, it's 500 less. It's not these giant jumps. Yeah. What, what I have guys that say, well, I need to cut now, so I'm going to eat literally half of the calories that I usually eat overnight. Yeah. You can't do it that way. You'll never, you're, you're, you're just going to be miserable, and it's not going to, you're going to be suffering next time you train as well. Yeah, so most guys definitely don't eat enough mm -hmm. um, whenever they're trying to lose fat, and then they right. just 
like you mentioned, all the stuff that happens where yeah. they can't sleep and then inflammation yep. and hormones go crazy. Yep. And then they end up gaining more body fat with that. Yes. Uh, that's particularly bad for women because oh, women yeah. tend to crash diet more than guys mm -hmm. do in my experience. So, right. And then if you do that too much, then all of a sudden we have to work on trying to get your hormones fixed. Right. Like, and then that's just it's, a whole it's other super issue. counterproductive mm -hmm. to the training so. as a whole when you have to lead to all those other problems and and uh, a lot of times when you when you have all these things that add up as well and, and people don't put them together but they're like man i can't sleep man i'm always stressed out mm -hmm. man i can't lose any fat and blah blah and it's all like these separate problems to them and it all turns out like they're all connected yeah and if you can start fixing them they all kind of come into play or whatnot so anyway guys all right i want you to head over to facebook please join us on facebook join our private facebook group you just got to type in at how to become a pro wrestler check out our logo click on that join the group answer the questions you'll be right in you can ask us questions about any of this stuff that we're talking about right now all right we got two left on the list guys let's dive right into them number four you are not prioritizing recovery as strongly as you're training we've talked about it in the past y'all when you are working hard you have to be resting hard as well and i know that that can be a difficult thing especially when we all have limited schedules and whatnot but we've got to talk about some ways that you can help this happen okay mm -hmm. so you know most fat loss believe it or not happens in the individuals that are getting those sweet seven to nine hours of sleep every night. I know that I talk to so many people, mm -hmm. and when I ask them to get eight hours of sleep, they're like, oh, you know, there's no time in my life to do that. Sounds crazy. I get, I get that. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy for me personally a lot of times as well. But knowing that you need to be getting that and believing that at times you can is a victory in itself. Knowing that you can work towards that in general is already a victory. Don't just say, well, I can never sleep you know, six hours. I have to do all this work and all this and that. I get that, okay? But there are times when you can, you can figure out ways to get more rest for your body and whatnot. So a lack of sleep can do a ton of bad things when it comes to your body composition and your training, all right? So sleep deprivation is known to you know, run counters to fat loss goals for a number of reasons, including increased in hunger. I'm gonna tell you this right now, when I don't sleep, if, I, if something happens and I only get a couple hours of sleep in a night, the next day I am starving to death all day. And I will be way more likely to freaking you know, eat half the jar of peanut butter or just yeah. go uh, eat, eat you know, pastries or something. I'm always craving like sugar when I don't. I have a sweet tooth. And if I don't get enough sleep, the next day I'm going to crave sugar all day long. So um, you, you reduce feelings of being full. So, you know, you're not going to be satiated long. You're going to, you're going to feel hungry nonstop. It's going to, you're going to have that hunger feeling all day. Um, it's going to reduce your energy expenditure. So you're not going to actually be burning as much calories as you could be the next day. Number one, because you're not going to train as hard. I mean, mm -hmm. period. If you're sleep deprived, you're not going to train as hard. But in general, just your state of rest, like the amount of calories you burn just existing in day is going to be lower if you didn't get enough sleep. So you're going to have less motivation to exercise. If you're already telling me that you're not motivated enough to train, try figuring that out after a couple nights of not sleeping well yeah. or, or not giving yourself any rest. So we, and, you know, we just talked about cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and, and just stressing yourself out and how bad that can be. So less sleep, the more elevated levels of that you're going to have, you're going to be way more stressed out, which leads to all those things I just talked about, eating and whatnot. So you're less able to metabolize carbohydrates, which are providing you with energy. When you don't sleep, your body is less functional, which is really what all these things mm -hmm. are leading towards. Your body is less functional with less sleep. So your body wants to hang on to belly fat a lot more when you don't sleep. 
period. Your body wants to hang on to those fat cells longer if you're not getting rest. And then, of course, the big one that I, I've, I've kind of hinted at already, you'll have impaired athletic performance, which reduces your calories burned, which completely negates the goal that you're going for in the first place. So if you don't sleep, you are not going to work out as hard because your body is not going to feel well and rested. I go hard on Mondays, okay? Me personally. My, tr my hardest training day of the week is Monday. The reason is I'm very well rested from my weekends. Yeah. Now, my schedule allows that, okay? Some pro wrestlers that are performing every single weekend, their schedule may not allow that. But for me personally, after a great amount of rest, my first day back in the gym is hard and good and crazy and excellent. I will not program my heavy split squats for Friday at the end of the week when I'm wore out from my week of work and week of training and everything. My hard workouts are on Monday because that's when I'm most well rested and I know that my body is gonna perform the best. Mm -hmm. So if you fail to sleep, you're gonna to fail to train with high expectations, okay? So three nights of poor sleep can, can reduce your insulin resistance by like 30%, guys. So I'm telling you right now, you're, you're less likely to metabolize those carbohydrates, to access that energy source, your body's gonna hang on to all those fat cells and stuff. Your body just will not perform if you do not give it the rest that it needs. So it's gonna be harder for your body to remove that unwanted fat only from just a couple nights of bad sleep, y'all. So think about your rest being just as important as your training. If you are training hard, you need to recover harder. Give your body time to repair. It's not an excuse to get lazy, okay? That's not what this is talking about. I'm not excusing you to get lazy because remember, you're also working hard, right? That's the mm -hmm. idea, at least. But be smart about your methods. So studies have shown that small bouts of lower intensity work can promote healing and circulation. So staying active is perfectly fine even on your rest days, right? So if I heavy squat on a Monday, Tuesday, I may do some light intervals of air squatting with no weights whatsoever, just to get more blood flow through my quads, through my glutes and stuff, help for that recovery process. So I'm not telling you to 100% stop training altogether. I'm telling you that you need to get smarter about your training methods. And sometimes your rest may look like you doing lower weights with maybe faster work, etc., just to get some good blood flow going on in there and whatnot. So you're healing and recovering and you're ready to go. A lot of guys that tell me like, they don't like leg day or whatnot because their legs are sore for seven straight days after they work out legs, okay, right? So like I said, you train your legs hard on a Monday. Tuesday, go into the gym and do some light work. Maybe you get your calves pumping by doing some jump rope. Maybe you get your quads pumping with some air squats or some goblet squats or hack squats or whatever. Something lighter and easier than a big compound you know, barbell, dumbbell squat, you may get into the actual hack squat machine. Actually, recovery-wise, I'll tell you how my training goes. If I squat heavy on a Monday, Tuesday may be the day I get into that leg extension machine and then get some blood flowing through there just to help the recovery process from the squats that did the work, the body composition changes, the performance changes that I wanted were from the squats. The recovery is from that machine that I'm using because I just have to sit there, right? I don't have to load my spine or anything. I can just sit there and pump blood through my legs. So just think about it, guys. If you're not resting, if you're always tired, so if you are training hard and you are eating well, but you're still always sore and tired, well, now you can eliminate those first two. It's probably because you're not training. You're, you're, not, you're not resting yeah. hard enough. 
So you got to figure out where your body lies. You know, start eliminating things and find out what you can improve on. And a lot of people could improve on their recovery methods. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All those yeah. are great points. I mean, results come mm-hmm. from great recovery. From recovery. Yeah. And That's- the two things that spur the fat loss is. Mm-hmm. It, minimum maintaining but really building muscle because that's going to burn more calories throughout the day um and you know that keeps your metabolic rate up so uh, that the recovery um is vital for results yep absolutely all right guys i got one more for you and i really wanted to hit you with something that you would you would hear and really want to hear me explain okay so number five on the list of the top five reasons that your wrestling training is not producing the fat loss results that you want is you are not sprinting. You are not moving fast enough, okay? Even people that I find that are running do not understand that sprinting is a whole nother world, okay? And sprinting, I'm not just talking about running. I'm talking about doing explosive movements as well. But So let's get into it, okay? So I hate to say it, but to get lean... You can't be living on the elliptical every single day. And trust me, like Aaron's walked in the gym and seen me on the elliptical and I'll stand, I'll sit on that elliptical for 40 minutes, you know, in the past, I've done that as well. But sprinting alone has benefits that no other exercise can match in relation to performance, okay? Just as many of us squat to lift more weight, we also must sprint to get faster, all right? So if you wanna progressively overload a squat, what do you do? You add a little more weight every single week one pound, two pounds, three pounds, five, 10, 20 pounds, over a period of time, getting stronger and stronger and stronger while resting, while eating and doing all the stuff we've already talked about. So how do you get faster? You gotta sprint faster, you gotta run faster, you gotta move more and move faster. So studies have shown it to increase protein synthesis. So I'm talking about the protein that you eat, all that protein that I'm having you eat, guys. I'm telling you to be eating a gram of protein per pound of body weight and if you're you're busting your butt in the gym as hard as you probably should be as a pro wrestler you may be eating more like you know uh one and a half grams of protein per pound of body weight so if you want to use that protein optimally for your body sprinting has been proven to improve your body's ability to synthesize all that protein which just means send it to the areas it needs to go actually fuel your muscle fibers to grow actually fuel your organs to repair themselves and all that good stuff Aaron talked earlier about um, releasing hormones like HGH, the human growth hormone, the one that we want to get our muscles bigger and whatnot. So sprinting does that as well as, guess what, boost your testosterone and improve your insulin sensitivity, which is just your body's ability to deal with sugars and carbohydrates and things. So guys that come to me and they say, John, what do you think about this pill? And they show me a pill that's like all natural tea booster. I got it from, you know, Walgreens or whatever. Like, I'm like, well, I mean, cool. I don't know anything about that pill. Are you squatting heavy in the gym? Are you sprinting? Mm -hmm. No and no? Maybe you should try those things first before you start taking some pill that has God knows what in it. Because sprinting has been proven to do those things. That thing that you're... And that's what this podcast is for, guys. And if you latch on to something today, I want you to latch on to this. Did you hear what I just said? Like, I don't know what's in that pill from Walgreens. I can read the bottle and hope it does what it says. You know, it probably also says like, none of this information has been proven by the FDA, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you right now that it has been proven that hard sprinting boosts your testosterone, increases your HGH hormone, helps you synthesize protein, improves your insulin sensitivity. Proof, guaranteed. 
So there you go, guys. Like if you want to talk about something, if you want something to work, I know we all want a quick fix. It'd be great if we could take a pill and then the next day show up at WrestleMania. That'd be awesome. Like, of course, we all want that, but we can't have that, okay? You have to do these things. So when you're deciding what to do, pick the things that you know work. I mean, that's, that's a great way to, to look at your training and your eating and your sleeping and all that stuff. Do the things that other people have already proven work instead of seeing a pill when you're there to get your allergy medicine and you're like, oh, this might make me have bigger muscles. Will it though? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But this will. This will help you. So add sprinting to your regimen. It improves more than body composition. Just make sure you're sprinting on, you know, separate days from your lifting. I find a lot of times that trying to lift really hard and then trying to sprint super hard is, is a very difficult thing to do at the same time. Um, there, there are exceptions. There's ways you can mix those things together with, like, shorter interval sprints or whatnot. But you could even dedicate a day of training to, like, hardcore sprint training on a track or something. Like, I, I love doing things like that. That could actually be your training for that day is is like a specifically designed sprinting program along with some other things maybe but but you can really dedicate a whole training session about it so studies have shown that better cns firing your central nervous system you know can actually be improved by adding something like a short sprint interval before you train now that's a delicate balance okay i would never typically tell someone especially an amateur to you know, run like crazy and then go try to lift some heavy weights, okay? It's a delicate balance, but if you're an experienced lifter, doing a short sprint interval, getting your entire nervous system on fire, really firing off, before, and then resting, you wanna rest before you don't just dive right onto the barbell, and then going into your heavier progressive overload movements mm -hmm. will help you, help your body respond better to that time under tension with those heavier movements. So it's all a delicate balance, guys, but I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're like listening to this right now and you're saying, well, I don't sprint. I never sprint. I guess I jog sometimes, but I never sprint. It's time to start thinking about adding that in, guys. Yeah, add it in. And I want to give you the way, this is the way I usually yeah. start guys whenever they're going to sprint, guys or girls, when they're going to start sprinting because most haven't. Yes. And as a coach, the first rule that I have mm -hmm. is do no harm. Right. Oh, and of course, if yeah. you take off sprinting and you're not warmed up or used to it, yep. those, those hammy pulls happen. Absolutely. So I would recommend starting hill sprints. Right. If you start there, you're, you, you're not going to have that stop at the end where you're trying to deload, and that's usually where Absolutely. the hamstrings will pop. Yep. Um, so those hill sprints are a great way to start. They don't have to be long. It could take you maybe not even five seconds yep. to get up there. Just a short hill. Perfect. Explode up, walk down, get your recovery, and then you can go again. But hill sprints, to me, is the best place to start with that. Also, the sled pushing, which isn't – you can push those hard mm -hmm. at a medium weight, and mm -hmm. that's a pretty good way to make sure that it's safe. And it's yeah, not going to cause because the sled's giving you the resistance to like because this is what Aaron was saying. Like a lot of times, if you're sprinting on a track, like I know we're talking about beginners here, yeah. like first time ever, you're not you're not conditioned to this at all, and you're sprinting hardcore, and then you're trying to stop. Yeah, that is where the injury occurs, yeah. right? So those hill sprints, as you slow down from your sprinting, the the, the actual you know the incline of the hill is going to help you slow down safely. Right. So yeah. I absolutely agree. Like hill sprints are a fantastic place to start, and 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 intervals like he's talking about ten seconds, guys. That's a great way to place to start. Okay, hitting a ten second hill sprint, slow, turn around, walk back down carefully, and just do intervals of those. Absolutely amazing way to get those in. So heck yes, guys. Um, I love sprinting. I love sprinting way more than running. So when people, you know, I, people get confused sometimes because I tell them like I, I hate running. I yeah, don't like to I'm, run. 
I'm not a big fan at all of running. I'll do it sometimes, but I'm not a big fan of it. Now, sprinting, though, I actually enjoy. I really do enjoy those short, fast, crazy bursts of speed. Now, sprinting, we're talking about maximum effort, all right? But like anything, like anything you do in the gym, anything you do in the ring, just like Aaron said, do no harm. That's what we want for you. We want you to stay safe and happy for the long haul. Start slow. Get yourself a good coach if need be. Get yourself someone that's experienced to help you go through that or get yourself a program that's going to help you get the results that you need before you just roll out of bed one morning and decide to sprint down your street, okay? All right, guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Do no harm. So we talked about a lot of great things today, guys. I hope you got some good information from us today. I think we did some really great things. So, all right, getting lean and looking like you train hard can absolutely be done. But it requires more than just a standard push-pull routine. I'm talking about just your push-pull, three sets of ten. I'm out of here. I did my workout for the day. So aspects of recovery, they're just as important as your training. And the way that you fuel your body cannot be understated. All right, guys? Please feel free to ask us about anything we talked about today. I think these five things, I'm going to run through them real quick again before we get out of here. But... I think that we talked about some great stuff today, and I want you to really, really, really think about each one of them. So number one, we talked about you are not training strength and speed. Number two, we said you are not using compound movements with progressive overload in your training. Number three, you aren't eating enough of the right things to fuel your performance. Number four, you're not prioritizing your recovery as strongly as your training. Number five, you're not sprinting. Simple as that, guys. I love these topics. I love to talk more about them, and I love to talk more with you about them. Hey, find us on Facebook in our group, and we'll talk about it. Also, find us on YouTube. Just look up How to Become a Pro Wrestler. We've got some cool videos on there. Subscribe to us. Click that bell. That way, every time we post a new video, it'll pop up on your feed, and you'll know about it first and foremost every single time. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity. Take it.